0: So the psalmist says in Psalm 84, uh, which is based on the, or, or the song we just sang was based on, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Well, I can't think of a better psalm to begin our new year, the year 2023. A song about God's presence. A song about our longing, our, our thirst to be in God's presence. And I'm confident that the God of Jacob is present with his people here at Brentwood Oaks. Uh, this morning in light of the date and maybe some weariness from last night as the congregation welcomed in the new year. Uh, this morning's sermon will be more uh, participatory than usual. So I would encourage you to, uh, if you don't have an order of worship to go ahead and get one there in the back or if you have something to write on. We're going to work through, four questions this morning. We're going to have some time and space to write down some answers and to think back uh, through what happened in 2022. So I'll give you a second to uh, get something to write on and something to write with. And because we're doing four questions, I would invite you to Create four quadrants, four spaces on the back of your order of worship. Perhaps draw a large cross where you have four, four spaces to reflect. We're going to do the first couple of questions early in the sermon, but before we do that, I do want to talk about the thrust of this sermon For many people, maybe even most people, January the 1st is a time of fresh starts. It's a time of new beginnings. It's a day of New Year's resolutions, as Mel reminded us, are very difficult to keep. Uh, But it's a time of setting goals. Uh, We're going to do this as a church body next week with our Renewal Sunday. We are, as a church, going to look ahead at 2023 and the theme, and we'll see how it interacts with our goals and our resolutions. In a sense, next week we'll be making some community-wide New Year's resolutions, but also we'll do that on an individual level. But this morning we're going to look at a passage from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 63. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 63, if you open your Bible to the middle, you're in the Psalms. If you just go to a few books to the right, you'll be in the big book of Isaiah, uh, the great prophet of the Old Testament, the one who prophesied about the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. The one, as we saw a couple of weeks ago when we're looking at the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is the one who prophesied about the suffering servant. The one who would come and bear the sins of Israel and ultimately bear the sins of the world. But we'll see in these three verses in Isaiah 63, the prophet invites not only Israel, but also invites, I think, the people of God of any age, the church, to pause and to think back on God's gracious deeds of the past. We are a people of memory, And as we make this turn into 2023, it's very important that we spend some time looking back at where we were in 2022. But before I read this sermon text, Isaiah 63, 7-9, let's spend a couple of minutes reflecting on two questions. We'll do these one at a time. So pick one of those four quadrants, and if you would, answer the following question. What were the highlights for you and your family in 2022? What were the highlights? We'll take a couple minutes. So, in another quadrant, let's answer the following question What were the challenges? Or the trials for you and your family in 2022. If you think of others, feel free to add them. Uh, But we'll save those other two quadrants for the end of the sermon. Uh, But now that our memories have been stirred and maybe 2022 was a bit of a blur for you and you've had some opportunity to stop and slow down and think back what had happened this last year. But as we think about those memories, let's hear the Word of God from Isaiah chapter 63, beginning in verse 7. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel, that He has granted them according to His compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their Savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. Let me read that again. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. May God bless the reading of his word. When I read this passage this week, and it's been a long time since I've read this particular passage, I had... Several memories flood my mind, but there was one in particular that rose to the surface. It was a memory of when I was six years old, and my dad had gone on a business trip to Dallas, away from our little hometown. And my mother, in a somewhat frantic decision, certainly last minute, decided to go and join him and so in late in the evening, my mother, my younger sister and I piled into the truck and we made the trek up to Dallas. Well, we didn't get very far. Uh, my sister and I were still in our pajamas and we had already drifted to sleep about 10 miles outside of our small town. But then the truck hit a puddle of water and we spun off the road. I don't think I was wearing my seatbelt. Uh, the seatbelt laws were a little lax Back then, I should have been, uh, but I hit the glove compartment with my face and bloodied up my nose, bloodied my face. We got out of the car, out of the truck in that ditch. It was very dark. Of course, there were no cell phones back then. The only light that we could see was a porch, a porch light of a farmhouse, maybe half a mile away. And so we began to walk toward it. And then I heard a sound that was truly frightening. It was a sound that sent shivers through my spine. It was the sound of dogs, dogs barking. And if you've ever lived out in the country and you're walking out by yourself, that's not a good thing to hear dogs barking. So I was afraid, certainly confused, disoriented, blood all over my face. But my mother, all five foot three of her, maybe with a shot of adrenaline, she picked up my sister in her left arm and picked me up in her right arm. And she made that trek to that that farmhouse. She carried us. I don't know how she did it, but she carried us. Have you ever been carried? In times of confusion, fear, disorientation, have you ever been carried by someone? It was that last line of Isaiah 63 verse 9 that really struck me this week in this beautiful passage. How God lifted and carried Israel. This passage is really the beginning of a very long lament, and those who are familiar with Isaiah, you recognize that There are multiple time periods uh, to which Isaiah is prophesying. There are prophecies given to the people before the great exile of the northern kingdoms and the southern kingdoms. There are promises of comfort given to those who are in exile but in Isaiah 55 or 56 through 66, the last part of Isaiah, Isaiah is prophesying to people who are on the other side of exile. They have come back to Jerusalem. Well, they've come back, but they are not yet home. They're living in a very harsh existence. They have yet to experience the great restoration that Isaiah had prophesied about. These were people who were suffering their own confusion and disorientation and weariness and So Isaiah 63, verse 7, all the way to the end of chapter 64 is this lament to God, this crying out where where Isaiah expresses heartbreak at their current situation and confession of sin because of their rebellion, but also there are these deep, heart-wrenching appeals to God that God would act. Their circumstances are not where they want to be in life. So they cry out to God that he would act in all of his might. But our sermon passage is really these first three verses of this lament. A lament that begins with one of the most tender words in all of Scripture. This call to remember. This call to recount God's gracious deeds. This call to remember God's goodness, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's steadfast love. Specifically, the people are called to remember the great exodus when God lifted and carried them in the days of old, when they were weary and they were heavy laden. God redeemed them. God carried them. And that's a very important way to start out a lament as the people look around them in despair at their current situation As they stare off into the future, an uncertain future, as they stare off in great fear. Isaiah begins this long lament by stirring the memories of the people for what God has done in the past. As it turns out, it's the acts of God in the past that serve as hope for the people in the future. Uh, Memory is so critical to the people of God. Uh, That's why God instituted all of those festivals and rituals it was to keep the memory of God's deliverance God's grace God's mercy God's compassion always before the people like a heartbeat memory is the foundation for hope both then and even today so this morning as we make this turn to 2023 I want to invite you to scan the list of the highlights and the challenges that you just made and answer this question in that third quadrant as you think back to 2022. In what ways did God lift you up and carry you in 2022? Can you identify those moments? It can be so easy to move on to the next thing, especially with the new year and the holidays can be very frantic and stressful. And there's, well, I know we don't give ourselves a lot of time to reflect in our own house. But one final question as we close, we'll hit that in a minute. There's another line in these three verses that's worthy of our attention, our contemplation, and it too comes from verse 9, and there's a couple of ways to translate this. Some translations say, in all their distress, He was distressed, or in all of their affliction, He was afflicted. A statement of the great solidarity that God has with His people, God's uh, emotion. God feels what the people are feeling. I'm, I'm reminded of what God and how God responds in the Exodus, at the end of Exodus chapter 2, when the people cry out to God because of their back-breaking work and the harsh treatment they're receiving from the Egyptians. God sees them. God hears them. God remembers His covenant with Abraham. God, God knows. He knows what's going on. There's another translation to this. In all their distress, he was not an adversary. He wasn't working against them. He did not afflict. But then there's this line that the angel of God's presence saved them. God's very presence delivered them, saved them. His presence. You know, I think back to that night in the early 80s, and so much of it really is a blur. I remember the darkness. I remember the sounds of those dogs. I remember the pain that was throbbing through my head. I remember the fear. I remember the anxiety. I remember my mother picking me up and carrying me down that farm road up to that farmhouse. I don't know how she did that. I can't imagine what she was feeling at that moment, a woman in her early 30s with two kids in her arms walking up to a stranger's house there in the darkness to the unknown. It ended up working out. Uh, The dogs did not attack us, thankfully. A sweet elderly couple happened to live in that farmhouse, and they welcomed us in. They mended our wounds. They gave me a glass of milk. We had a family friend who we called and he was able to take us back home. Exhausted, beaten down, but we made it home in our own beds. I don't know what you bring here to the assembly this morning, whether you're full of hope and optimism for 2023 or whether you're carrying the burdens of 2022 I know that as a community of believers, we have experienced many highlights in 2022 coming out of the pandemic, uh, living with the kind of energy as we are rebuilding, restarting so many of our ministries. But even this last week, uh, with the passing of so many and our sister Sandy unexpectedly, uh, many of us find ourselves still still on that farm road there in the darkness, trying to feel our way home. But one thing that I am confident of as we make this turn to 2023 is that the angel of God's presence will sustain us, will deliver us, will save us. One of the things that we read about God in Scripture is that God is not distant. God is not disengaged. And we see this especially in Isaiah 40 through 66. God is not aloof. God doesn't watch from afar. God dives in. God is hands-on. God rolls up his sleeves and enters into the messiness of our lives. That is what the coming of the Messiah is all about. The word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. It doesn't come any closer than that. God God knows. God is present with his people. He pulls us in tightly to himself. And he draws close to the brokenhearted and to the disoriented. So, one final question that we'll spend a minute on. As we make our turn to 2023, where do you sense God's presence with you here? In what ways do you sense God's presence here at the beginning of the year? Memory serves as the foundation of our hope and it is my hope and my prayer that the, uh, the memories that have been stirred this morning will spur some more conversation, but will also enliven your hope as you think back to how God has carried you in 2022. God is so gracious to His people. We cling to the memories of God's gracious deeds, just like our spiritual ancestors did who received these words of Isaiah so long ago. May we receive them into our hearts this morning. But before we enter into our time of communal memory, when we recount the gracious deeds of God in our our new exodus, uh, the story of the gospel, the story of our redemption through the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ as we gather around this table, we want to offer an invitation. Uh, The gospel at its core is an invitation. Uh, God is not the God of coercion. He does not force us to come to him, although he could, but God offers us his love. He puts his love on display and then invites us to respond. And If you would like to respond to the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ and the God who is near, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing.